Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Slight Bet and I'm delighted to be joined once more by our very own Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? Not good. Not good. Um, <laughs> it's causing you grief this week. Um, refereeing decisions against St Johnston again. Uh, yeah, you were robbed last night. Terrible penalty decision and another two points dropped up at Aberdeen last night. So, yeah, not best pleased. Yeah, we'll come on to that shortly when we, we cover the, the Scottish games. But, um, yeah, you're in a bit of a battle at the bottom there, aren't you? Yeah, it's a struggle. It's a two-way battle now between us and Dundee to see who finishes, I guess, 12th and 11th. Still a long way to go, but it's pretty much looking like it's going to be a a playoff spot at best, um, but every cloud, two good days out, so that's what I'm going to look forward to. Uh, and of course, we've been looking forward to this podcast for a while because we've got Celtic people that glint this Thursday, and of course, who better to have on the podcast look ahead to that, other than David Weatherston. How's it going, David? Yeah, going well, thanks. And it's uh, very good of you to squeeze us in this week. I hear you've been doing the rounds in terms of media across Scotland this week. I've been busy saying the same things to all <laughs> people. Yeah, no, nah, it's been it's been quite good to to have my my voice out there because um, yeah, I think people are starting to realise that I do follow the Norwegian football a lot, so that's good. Yeah, and you do know your stuff to be fair, and hopefully we're not going to get the same stuff that you've been telling everybody else. We're going to get a, a wee betting angle from you yeah, sure in term, terms of the game. So uh, we'll look forward to having a chat about that. We'll cover the, the European game very shortly and then we'll have a look, a quick run through some of the games in Scotland. Greg, we're a wee bit early with the podcast this week, so maybe not all the prices available that we'd like at this stage. No, we're missing card markets and corner markets and that tends to be a kind of staple part of our in Armory at the weekend, but we'll share them in the channel uh, later on in the week. Yeah, we'll definitely point people in the right direction. Um, so let's kick off with that game on Thursday night. It's the UEFA Europa Conference League. It's Celtic v Norwegian champions Bodo Glimt. David, um, where should we start? I guess it's been quite a while since, since Bodo have actually played there in the, the middle of their winter break. Well, that winter break, I suppose they're between seasons at the moment. Um, they've been getting some games in the sun in Spain, I believe. Um, and the team, the squad has kind of been weakened, I guess, since the season finished. Yeah, there's been a bit of, bit of change, to be fair, and uh, quite, a, quite a few important faces going out the, out the door with Berg, Björkan, uh, Loda and Botheim. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of state they're in. Um, Ola Solbakken is still there, and he was interviewed recently, and he said that this he said this current team would absolutely smash last year's uh, winter team. So uh, interesting that he's feeling he's obviously feeling confident about mm-hmm. uh, how the team's looking, how it's set up. And um, to be fair, they they've made some interesting signings. Um, obviously, nobody. Like most people will have heard of, but uh, youngish guys who are pretty talented and have done done well in Norway. So um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how they set up on Thursday, obviously. But um, as well, just pretty excited to to see them how they line up, uh, how they compete against Celtic. Yeah, and I guess for any Celtic fans listening in, we should probably give a wee recap on where where Blimt have kind of come from in the last couple of seasons. They won the league quite spectacularly two seasons ago, and then did particularly well to to regain the title last season. 
yeah, I mean, twenty twenty was incredible. Um, one hundred and three goals, broke the record for goals, broke the record for points, broke the record for wins. Um, just just an incredible season. The front three scored sixty goals between the three of them, um, and then we're we're all sold or <laughs> left. Um, so yeah, it was a huge hole to fill, obviously, and 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 they managed to do it with um, with Eric Bot time who came in in a free from Rosenborg. He did pretty well last year. They obviously didn't score as many goals. I think uh, Greg was saying before the podcast it was something like 43 less or fewer, 44 fewer or something. So not um, anywhere near the amount of goals, but bot time did really well. And he's been sold <laughs> this winter. He's gone to Russia for good money. I think it was something like five, six million up front, rising to sort of nine, ten uh, if things go to plan. So um, <laughs> really good uh Really good value they've got for him, considering what he did for them in one year. Um, yeah, last year was a little bit different. They had to grind out some results defensively, whether they were the best team in the league last year, uh, quite comfortably. They played a little bit differently with teams setting up more defensively against them. So, yeah, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do again. They've lost some more important players this year. and. Um, it's going to be hard again for them in the league and obviously having not played for so long to, to compete against a team who's absolutely fine just now. Yeah, and Greg, we've kind of marvelled with the help of David, I suppose, over the last season or two uh, at Gleam's uh, exploits, I suppose, and the success that they've had. So it's, it's great to have the opportunity to see them go up against Celtic um, in Scotland this week. No, definitely. And I think it, it would have been very intriguing to see how this match would have panned out had they played each other in October. Yeah. Uh, I think the big thing for me is the fact that Borglund haven't played now in six to seven days in terms of a competitive match. I think that was a 3 0 win away to Mundalen on the twelfth of December. So you really have to factor that in. And as you say, Celtic are absolutely flying at the moment. They'll be at near full strength. There'll be a very big crowd at Celtic Park. I think you need to probably fully expect Celtic to win this match um, at 4-9. to nine, But that definitely would not have been the case had these two met maybe three or four months ago. Yeah, and you were talking about how many games they've gone unbeaten as well, away from home, which includes you know a very, very impressive um, group stage qualification. Well, yeah, they've not, they've not lost in 14 away matches now, and that includes European games away to Roma, uh, seven wins, seven draws. So obviously quite a lot of draws in that in those fourteen games, and I think in terms of the way they will set up, surely going to come to Celtic Park and try and contain them um, and take the tie back to Norway. Uh, I don't think they can go toe to toe at this point in their season, given the fact their season hasn't started yet. When are we starting, David? Is it two weeks, three weeks time? Oh no, it's it's more than that. It'll be five weeks. Oh, the start of April, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so way, way, way early in their pre-season, I would say. Um, in terms of other teams in Norway at the moment, David, who are not involved in European football, are they even back yet? Training or...? Yeah, similar similar to Glimt. Um, a lot of them go away uh, to Spain, basically, or Turkey or whatever. Um, quite a few of them have played friendlies. Um, it's quite what I found about the... Um, the pre-season in Norway when I moved here was just like the longest thing ever. It was just, <laughs> just going, going. Yeah, I, 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 I could fit in a couple injuries um, before <laughs> when I was back playing uh, the start of the season. But yeah, most of the teams are back. There is, I think, 
there is some cup games in March. Um, so last year's cups kind of run over, and and I think the quarterfinals of that start in mid March. Um, so some of the teams who are playing those cup games will be will be a little bit ahead of other teams. Um, I think Glimt play a cup game on yeah mid March against against Orlesund. So. So, so I guess that that's probably two weeks before the, the league starts. So I guess teams who are in the cup uh, will be sort of preparing for that uh, before the league starts. The 27th of March is the, the first um, first weekend that the, the league starts. Molde versus Bodeglint, which will be an interesting start to the season. Not half. And David, Greg makes a really good point about Glimt. Obviously, we'll go into Thursday's game looking to take a tie back to Norway and still be in with a chance. And I guess... The, the result that kind of made Europe sit up and take notice was that 6-1 win over Roma um, earlier in the season, which was just an incredible result. Um, but they've also won their other two games at home um, and actually qualifying for the tournament. They had to win uh, at home as well in the second leg of, of two ties, I think it was. Um, so, I mean, what would the Celtic need to do to put this tie to bed um, on Thursday night? Is it possible or is it likely that um, you know there'll still be plenty yeah. to do come, come the tie in Norway? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think uh, I, I don't think Glimt will they won't sit back in terms of they won't sit in a low block and just try and contain as such. But I do think that Celtic will dominate possession. Um, I think I think Glimt will try and counter attack like they did in Rome, like they did at home to Roma, uh, and like they did in other away games. They will try and counter attack quickly uh, to score goals. I think what Celtic probably need to do is win by at least a couple of goals uh, to, to feel a little bit comfortable but yeah to come to, to Boda in, in a place where I mean 2020 they won 15 out of 15 home games last year they weren't quite as um, quite as prolific at home um, I think they ended up losing they lost definitely home to Molde I think that might have been the only home game they lost actually um, but what was it just, just one defeat terrible yeah yeah so, so, so one defeat <laughs> One defeat in two years at home in the league uh, and Europe as well. They didn't lose at home. So they're, they're, they're a really good home team. They scored a lot of goals at home as well. So Celtic, yeah, definitely Celtic would need to take a lead, I would think, um, probably by two goals to feel a little bit more comfortable because it's AstroTurf. It will be very cold. Good chance it will be windy. Um, yeah, it's, it will be a good atmosphere, obviously, full crowd up in, up in uh, Asmira. So, yeah, I think at least two goals Celtic will definitely be keen to, to take a lead Yeah I think one thing we guarantee is that it's not going to be nil-nil is it? No I don't think so I mean Bode last I, I, well, they didn't have one last year at home they had one away at the Rosenborg I remember watching the game and Rosenborg were just grim like refusing <laughs> to attack uh, that was quite near the end of the season as well um, so yeah one one nil-nil Last year, I'm pretty sure the year before that they didn't have any nil nils. In fact, I'm sure they scored two in every single game except one, where they scored one. Uh, so yeah, there's going to be goals in this game. And Greg David makes a point about um, Celtic probably enjoy the, the vast majority of the possession on Thursday. And I guess from a betting point of view, we can maybe turn that to our advantage in corners as a market that we've just loved getting on with Celtic this season. Absolutely, um, Celtic come out the traps at such pace. I think if you cash your mind back to that old firm game, I still haven't seen anything like that before in a long time. Uh, a team just attacking at such pace against essentially their main title challengers. Obviously, the last couple of weeks, 
or the last couple of games for Celtic hasn't been Connors leading. But I think we can forgive them that on Sunday against Wraith in that it was pretty much a, a makeshift reserve side that started that game. And for whatever reason against Aberdeen um, a couple of midweeks ago, I think they only get three in the end. But w- when you look back across Celtic's corner stats this season, it's quite remarkable. Double figures, I think 10 of the last 13 hitting 12, 13, 14 corners a game sometimes, hitting lots of first-half corners. And to David's point about Celtic having a lot of the ball, that definitely bodes well for corners here. And it bodes well um, in terms of the way that Celtic play with speed and pace out wide. So as far as I'm aware, Celtic are at full strength. We've, uh, Furuhashi's maybe injured, I'm not sure. Yeah. But other than that, It'll be a, a full-strength team that starts on, on Thursday. Um, the bookies, though, taking no chances. Uh, Celtic were 4-7 a couple of weeks ago to win this match, which at that point, actually, I thought was a pretty decent price. They're 4-9 now, so there's not much value at all in the Celtic win. Even Celtic to win and score two is pretty short at 7-10. to 10. So, so I think the corner angle, given that the stats and Celtic performances totally back it up, and I think you you really have to go with Celtic corners here um, for two reasons. One, the way they've been playing at home and racking up those corners. And two, I just still think it's going to be a bit of a tough ask for Bora Glimp, just in the fact that it is so early in their pre-season and it's the first competitive game in well over two months. So in terms of the angles and the markets, you're needing to get seven Celtic corners at five to six. But that, that's something Celtic have achieved in pretty much all of their home games this season. Uh, and in Europe, to be fair. Looking at Celtic's corner counts in Europe, they hit 5 Betis, 8 versus Ferns Faros, they got 6 versus Bayer Leverkusen, and they got 8 versus AZ. So they're playing against teams at that point who are well in flight in their own domestic campaigns. So in terms of European football for Celtic corners, definitely stacks up and I'll be back in Celtic to get seven corners at five to six. I'm still waiting on markets at bet thesis five coming out, but that five to six on seven corners is with Skybet. Yeah. Um, and I think they're minus three at six to five. So we'll be keen to see what other prices we can get out there. Yeah, the, the corner handicap's been a, a profitable bet as well, as his first half corners as well. Um, so yeah, that definitely looks like the way to go. Um, David, we're very familiar, of course, with um, the Celtic attack uh, and who's likely to score goals, although I think part of the problem from a betting point of view is that Celtic seem to have goals from all over at the moment. Um, is there anyone in the, the green side we should be keeping an eye out who's likely to get on the score sheet for them? Yeah, I mean, yeah... Which team's going to start on uh, Thursday? Um, we can look at the friendlies and, and, and guess. Um, one issue they do have is Ola Solbakken. Uh, had a he didn't play the last friendly, and there's a potentially might not be ready for um, Thursday night, which would be a really big loss. His pace on the break is one of the most important things for Glinton in their um, in their sort of away games, the counter attacking. Uh, style that they play with, he, he would have been perfect. So it's interesting if Solbakken doesn't make it, um, then uh, you're probably going to have a front three of Amal Pellegrino on the left, and he's 4.75 to score any time. Um, he's somebody who scored, I think, 26 league goals in 2020 with Christian Sund. Um, and then he went away for half a year and come back to Glint 
didn't score. I think he scored about seven or eight in the second half of the season with Link last year. But he's four point seven five any time. Um, Gilbert Coombson is another one who, if if Solbakken doesn't play, Coombson would play. Um, and he he's um, he's five point five to score any time. If Solbakken does play, he's uh, five to one. 6.0 anytime. And then the striker um, is an interesting one. So last year, Victor Boniface was injured all year uh, with a knee injury, but he's played every friendly so far this year. And he's a big talent. There's a lot of hope that he's going to score a lot of goals for Glint this year. And he's uh, 4.33 to score anytime. And I think if anyone is going to be on the end of a, a quick counter move, it's going to be Boniface. So yeah, there's your. That's, that's probably your, your price. Uh, Boniface, if Solbakken's fit, I'd say Solbakken at, at 5 to 1. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, Boniface at um, 4.33 uh, looks really good. Uh, just in terms of, like, because of the way I think the game will go, um, I think there's a good chance of some, some player bookings. And obviously, the players uh, <laughs> the players in the, the markets are some interesting names, shall we say. <laughs> Uh, player to be booked number one the favourite Victor Boniface hasn't played for a year in a competitive game as a striker and uh, not particularly known for his uh, aggressive uh, <laughs> style don't know why he's favourite favourite number two Patrick Berg who signed for RC <laughs> Longs in the <laughs> signed for Longs in the winter uh, so it's an interesting one if you want you could put money on Marius Loda as well who plays for Schalke now um, but that probably wouldn't be wise um, yeah, this, yeah, isn't, this, isn't the, this isn't the first time Betty 6-5 put up a market no, with, with, with no. players that are I think this happens gone. in every single match yeah. that, they put up, that they've got players who either don't play really short or they've got players who left yeah, it's just right, such just, laziness from the bookies it really is just to give you a couple of players who I do think are really good value in the play, in to get booked market um, first Elias Hagen uh, he's going to he's going to play the holding my field role in place of Patrick Berg. Um, he's five to one to get booked any time. Um, and the other one, Alphonse Samstead, uh, also five to one to get booked any time. He's going to play right back against Jota, uh, probably. And yeah. he he he's, he's a hard tackling sort of good defensive player. Uh, but yeah, he's very likely to get caught out um, 1v1 quite often so I'd say Alphonse Samstead at 5-1 to one looks like a really well priced so you're saying David is this back the left back and the right back well actually <laughs> the left back the likely left back is uh, not in the list uh, he signed in the winter uh, Bryce Wimbangomo uh, he's not on the list I was looking for him um, but I, he's not there ok so there might be a, a nice little bet builder in there um, Greg, in terms of the, the Celtic squad, as I touched on, the goals seem to be coming from all over at the moment. Um, one that was quite taken with was at three, uh, sorry, ten to three on Josip Juranovic, who looks like he's probably preferred penalty taker for Celtic these days. Yeah, it's always a good shout. Um, the penalty markets, especially a side who get a lot of penalties, I just think as well as you say, it's difficult to pick a first goal scorer for Celtic. Um, will a bad start on Thursday? Yeah, I would have thought so. I think he, the way he's playing at the moment as well, he's probably not a bad shout. Yeah. Maybe a decent price, but as you say, it's, it's difficult to pick. I'm not a massive fan of first goal scorer markets, to be fair, unless there's a great price on someone. No, but sometimes they can contribute to a nice wee bit builder for a, a small well, Absolutely, yeah. I, I think as David said as well, there's definitely some nice card angles there 
too. So um, some decent bet border opportunities for tomorrow night. OK, just before we wrap up then, David, what's the general consensus in Norway about the match and uh, Glimp's chances over, over the tie? Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement, especially especially in, in amongst the border uh, area and I think in general as well. We've been two months without a competitive game, so I think mm-hmm. Norwegian football fans are looking forward to it. I think uh, nobody's expecting them to, to go to Celtic Park, especially after the break, and, and get a win, but I think um, with how well they've done in Europe and how well they've done the last two years, there's definitely some hope that if, if they can get something of a result, maybe losing by a goal or, or a draw at Celtic Park, then bringing Celtic to, to Boulder would be uh, really interesting. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I think there's hope more than expectation. Mm-hmm. I read this today on Twitter um, through Paper Talk that Aberdeen are interested in the Boulder yeah. manager. Oof, which I had to laugh at. Um, yeah. It's a bit insulting, to be fair. I, I, went on, <laughs> I went on his Wikipedia yesterday because I was just doing a little bit of research about him and somebody had put in in the top in the top little spiel about him, uh, last line, Jethro Knutson rejected Aberdeen and said they're not <laughs> a in Scottish football. And I thought, <laughs> but yeah, no. Nah, not going to go to Aberdeen. Well, I tweeted to say, um, let's be let's be frank. Why would he leave the Norwegian champions aside who've won the last two titles and who'll be playing Champions League football next year to go to mid-table Aberdeen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he turned down Rosenborg in the winter. He wouldn't turn down Rosenborg to then go actually he could actually no. go to Aberdeen. It would be a tremendous appointment, though. <laughs> it would be yes, but never going to happen in a, in a million years. Uh, yeah, so I think that's probably the last thing you should be edit in Wikipedia, Craig. <laughs> um, I've been found <laughs> out. <laughs> okay, we'll leave the we'll leave the Celtic uh, Boulder Glint game there, Craig. Your tip on that one reminds us again is what, over seven Celtic corners. Yeah, Celtic to get seven corners, and I'd be very keen to see what we can get on Celtic first half corners. Okay. Uh, Tomorrow night, Thursday night, we've also got Rangers at Borussia Dortmund, which we should probably very quickly cover. Rangers are 7-1 to to win in Germany. I guess the good news for Rangers is, is that Haaland looks like he's a significant doubt. He's been missing the last few weeks with, I think it's a hamstring injury, and he didn't train on Monday. Um, any chance they can go and get a result there, Greg? No. OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there'll be a massive scoreline there. I think the way Rangers will play... Defensively, they've been pretty sound this season, especially under Van Bronckhorst. So I don't think they're going to go there and be disgraced. I think they can maybe take the game back to Ibrox with maybe a 2-0 defeat. Uh, that's probably the best they can hope for, I think. I thought you might be interested in the, well, it's a short price, but 8-13 to on over two Rangers corners. I don't know. I, just, I don't know how much of the ball they're going to have, Rangers, mm. in, in this match. And Dortmund, obviously, as you know, are a, a very, very good side. But yes, there's always a chance um, of a team getting four corners uh, in, a, in a match um, to get three, eight, the thirteen. Again, it's something for the bet builder, probably, isn't it? Yeah. David, any thoughts on this one? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think Dortmund. They're very vulnerable defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Rangers can definitely get at them if they want to. Like Dortmund conceded, I think a lot conceded quite a lot of goals in Bundesliga this year. I don't know off the top of my head. But uh, let me just look. Let me just look it up. Uh, yeah, thirty-six goals conceded in twenty-two games. Um, 
I think their, their form's decent just now and, and they're going to qualify for the Champions League through the league. But mm-hmm. my question would be whether how much do they want to progress in the Europa League um, or do they want to concentrate on the league and trying to catch Bayern Munich who they're six points behind or do they want to go for the Europa League title? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what their team looks like. But uh, I think I can definitely see Rangers causing them a bit of trouble with... Uh, Potentially Morelos, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think I, th- I don't think it will be as as one sided as um, maybe you would expect. Yeah, a little uh, factoid for you ahead of the game: Giovanni Reina, uh, a Dortmund player, is named after none other than <laughs> is Adam <he>? himself. <laughs> sure. Apparently named after his father's teammate Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. So there you go, and he's expected to be back in the squad for Dortmund on Thursday night. So, uh, yeah, Dortmund 4-11, Rangers 7-1, and I guess similar to Klimt, Rangers will just be looking to get a result that means that they can take the tie back to Ibrox and, and still be in it, Greg. Yeah, it'd be good to see the game going back to Glasgow with them still in it. The full house at Ibrox, and it'll be a pretty competitive game, you'd have to say as well. The last thing you want is to, to go into that game 4-0 down. So hopefully, fingers crossed, they can get a decent result and a positive result and bring the game back to Ibrox. Yeah, I was going to say best of luck to both Scottish teams, but considering how much we cover Norwegian football, we should probably extend our best of luck to, to Glimt as well um, for the game. So yeah, two cracking games uh, to look forward to on Thursday night. We'll leave the European football there just now. We'll very quickly run through the Premiership card this weekend. Greg, you're quite excited about this weekend's card. Yeah, it's not a bad card. I'm just hoping the weather holds up. We've got Storm Dudley and Storm Eunice hitting today and tomorrow. Um, I think there might be some games off. Storm after Storm. Every time I told you, it's a different Storm. Honestly, it's an absolute disgrace. We should have summer football here now. I think that's every single week this year there's been a Storm. And more often than not, it's hit at the weekend. So I'm definitely using that as my disclaimer if the bets don't win. <laughs> We're only at letter D and E, so... Unless, have we already been round the alphabet already? I don't know. <laughs> it kind of feels like before it. Before I get started, but, uh, before I check the fixtures and the odds, I presume Hibs are at home and their odds against? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, odds, odds on. Odds, odds on. on. Sorry. Odds yeah. on, sorry. We'll, we'll touch upon that in a second. <laughs> well, that's, that's the first one we're going to have a look at, actually. And uh, Sean Maloney got a, a much-needed result. Uh, in the cup at our growth, which looked like a potential banana skin, Greg, but they got through it after going a goal behind. I've written down in my notes, it was morale boosting. Yes. Exactly what that result was. Um, and they went 1 0 down. I thought Hibs fans are probably fearing the worst. And I think if they'd lost that game, there'd have been some serious pressure on Maloney. But they came back and they won that game really comfortably, I think, in the end. Uh, a good 3 1 win. Nesbitt took his goal really well, too. Yeah. And he's obviously been under fire recently. I think his performances haven't been great, so it's good for him to get a goal. And they host, I guess, swashbuckling Ross County um, <laughs> in terms of goals. Ross County have now seen both teams to score in 11 of their last 12. Um, Regan Charles Cook on 11 goals for the season. Um, doing really, really, really well at the moment. I think this meeting between the two sides in Edinburgh has delivered over 2.5 goals in seven of the last eight meetings. So Ross County obviously a goal threat, but defensively though, Ross County are very weak. They concede in pretty much every game. I think they're without a clean sheet now in 12, but they've also scored in all 12 games too. So every chance Ross County will find themselves in the score sheet. Hoping that Hibs get a little lift from last weekend. 
and this has got a kind of two-one scoreline feel about it. Hibs have to win a home game at some point at odds on. <laughs> um, I think they are seventeen to twenty. Now yeah. we've managed to lay them on the podcast time and time again and say not to back them. Um, I'm going to go against that this time, oh. and I would say that Hibs are maybe backable on Saturday at near evens if you can get near evens for it. I just think the way that Ross County play quite open, they, they do concede a lot of goals. And there's maybe a case for Hibs to score two, to be fair. But again, Hibs haven't been that free scoring either recently, especially at home. So I do like the look of the Asian goal line. So over two and two and a half goals is five to six. And that means half stakes back if there's two goals scored. I'd be very, very surprised if we didn't see at least two goals scored on Saturday. David, any angles on this for you? Are you... Yeah, I, agree. I was just looking at that as well. I agree with the, the Asian line. It looks really well-priced. Um, both teams to score as well. 19-20 to 20, uh, looks pretty good considering, uh, well, Hibs at home and Ross County's recent scoring form. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think, I mean, I wouldn't back Hibs myself at home. At... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely. I definitely think goals, goals looks like a good angle on this one. Okay, we'll move quickly on to Livingston v St Mirren. Um, I say quickly, we should probably wax a wee bit lyrical about St Mirren, Craig. Uh, if they win their game in hand, they would be up to fourth in the league, which is brilliant going for Jim Goodwin's side. Uh, and I'm looking at, they've, they've lost, I think it's six, it's six or seven games this season. Um, and four of them have been against Celtic, Rangers and Hearts. So that's a measure of how well they've done against the rest of the teams in the league this season. Yeah, it just shows you how, how poor the league is when I'm just kidding. Um, for a great couple of months at Marin, I, I think I said yesterday, I, I do like Jim Goodwin. I think he's a very good manager and it's probably no surprise to see him being touted for the Aberdeen game. But I, I guess we had this conversation yesterday about timing in football mm-hmm. and the timing is just perfect for this because looking back at St Mirren's performances in the last year, they went on an 11 game losing or 11 games without a win and there's probably a little bit of pressure on Goodwin at that point. They've now won six of the last seven games and suddenly everything's looking rosy again. Um, Stephen Glass leaving Aberdeen, um, he's a, a strong contender for for the, for the job at Aberdeen. I'm not sure who's going to get that job to be fair. I'm, no. I'm really not sure at all. Um, I think Dave Cormack, he could bring anybody in. He's that, I don't, I don't know if he really understands football, to be honest with you. I guess uh, Stephen Glass was a bit of a left-field appointment. Nobody was expecting that, really. No, I suppose I, there was the connection there. With there was a connection, that. and I don't think many people saw that working out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not one of these people I like to see people fail, but I think we all spoke about that appointment, and I wasn't convinced it was the right appointment. And obviously that's... I think a lot of folk thought that, especially Aberdeen fans. But yeah, in terms of St Mirren, going really, really well, interested in the Scottish Cup. They have got a, an away trip to Tynecastle to look forward to. So Devon will be, doubt, be on the early train with his bottle of Buckfast to, <laughs> to the capital. And in a game that they can actually definitely get a result from, Hearts starting to struggle a little bit. They've kind of lost form a little bit, Hearts. But they travel to Livingston, who, you have to say, are having a really good season. They were again on another side. I think there's probably been about five or six sides this season who've all gone on like 10 game winless runs. And Livingston were one of those sides at the tail end of last year. But they're in good shape as well. They will be disappointed to have lost that last minute goal up at Ross County um, last midweek. 
Mm-hmm. But it's a very difficult game to call. St. Mirren 11-5 to win this match. Um, I wouldn't like to call a winner, but I'd be very keen to see what we can get on St. Mirren Corners. Yeah, David, there's been quite a, quite a lot of draws recently with these sides. Um, I suppose that St. Mirren on paper look a good price at 11-5 given the form that they've been in, but yeah, it's the old one that you wouldn't be surprised with either result here. Yeah, the, the, the last... Well, recent history between these two teams has been pretty close, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, one thing I do like the look of is, is the again, the Asian goal line in this one. 2.0 uh, is the goal line, and it's 1.85. Um, so it stakes back if it's only two goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Livingston's last five games, 2-3, And St Mirren as well. Uh, St Mirren not being as high scoring, but playing really well. So you'd expect them to... To, to contribute to the goals, I think nine of nine of twelve St Mirren games of away from home have had at least two goals, and eight of twelve Livingston home games have had at least two goals, um, including the last four. So, I think over two point zero in the Asian goal line looks pretty good in this game. It's a good shout, David. It's a free hit almost, I think, on over yeah. two point five, isn't it? Because you did, maybe expect it to be two goals in the game, and it's definitely an angle this season. The bookies don't expect many goals in the games in the Scottish Premiership, so you do tend to find that you can often get. Uh, an Asian goal line of 2.0 um, from money back if there's two goals or two and a half and two. So definitely an angle worth looking at. Yep, the next game we'll have a look at is Motherwell v Aberdeen. Both teams met last week in the Scottish Cup. Motherwell came out on top um, after Aberdeen had taken an early lead. That result was the last straw for the Aberdeen board who sacked Stephen Glass earlier in the week. So Barry Robson is in charge at the moment and Greg you've kind of touched on the fact that it's a fairly open betting market in terms of who's likely to replace Glass at Pataudry Yeah I think that comes down to the fact that it's going to come down to obviously Dave Cormack and what, who he wants to bring in so <laughs> it literally could be anyone Can I throw some names at you? Yes please <laughs> <laughs> So Goodwin's the favourite obviously uh, we've got Jack Ross at 92 Derry Adams at 5-1 to one. Uh, you've got caretaker manager Barry Robson around about the same price 5 Sixes, uh, Dick Campbell twenty to one is the same price as as Jurgen Klinsmann. Um, <laughs> and yeah, assistant manager Dick, Dick Campbell with assistant Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've seen even Charlie Nichols suggested that they should go for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well, who is also twenty to one. I think there needs to be a realization as well of who Aberdeen can actually get. I think a lot of Aberdeen fans still think they're in 1983 and they're a big, massive club and they'll get a big, massive appointment. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, Derek Adams is an interesting one. He's been yeah, in England for quite... Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's been in England for quite a long time now. He obviously used to manage at Ross County. Um, bit of a horrible player to play against, I think. Love the booking. But, yeah, I, I really don't know um, who Aberdeen fans are, who they want or who they think they can get. But, Jim Goodwin seems to be leading the way and Jürgen Klinsmann won't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a hell of a job persuading Jürgen Klinsmann to, to come over. Just on this match on the though, there's quite a few cards <laughs> there's quite a few cards in this match at the weekend of the Scottish Cup and I think there's not a lot of love lost between some of the players. I know Van Veen was quite open about not shaking hands with Donnelly Gallagher and stuff like that at the end of the match so it'll be interesting to see how this game pans out, it's obviously a repeat of last weekend's game at Fur Park again 
obviously Aberdeen will be smart for me not to out the cup. So I think cards here again could be an angle to look at. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's a sixth meeting in just over some like 14 months. So yeah, certainly played each other plenty in the last... And again, look, look at the goals angle. There's probably an angle here on the Asian line. I've not looked at the Asian line for this match, to be fair. I'm just going to do that right now. Definitely, it's 45. So yeah, it's pretty generous as well. Is that on 2.0, is it? Yeah, 2.0. Yeah, yeah, so again, it's, a, it's not a bad shout, actually. I might, yeah, it's it's, it might be something to put on the channel. Especially when you look at Aberdeen's recent results, I think it's been two or more goals in eight of their last nine games. Mm-hmm. So, um, although they've not been getting results, they've certainly been been able to find the back of the net, David. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've, it's not been the, that's not really been the issue, has it? It's been the, the other end of the table where they've been uh, the other end of the pitch where they've been struggling a little bit. Thirty three goals conceded. Um, in uh, 26 games yeah but yeah I just think they're struggling to win games aren't they and even mm. last night um, took a bit of a uh, dubious penalty for them to, to to get a draw against St Johnston who Greg won't mind me saying are absolutely shocking this year um, so yeah I think uh, I think a new manager could, could like they need to get a new manager in quickly because at the moment they don't look anything like a top six team and, no it won't, uh, won't be this week will it yeah, they, I mean, they should be a top six team with the with the wage budget and the players they brought in. But um, yeah, at the moment they just they just don't look look at it at all. I think um, that was Lewis Ferguson's eleventh penalty in a row he scored for Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is eleven eleven he scored for them now. And Ramirez has been a good signing for them this season. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's probably, probably their best player this season, I would say. Uh, he certainly likes a a social media post. <laughs> um, I think. Some of the stuff that he puts up is probably a bit just just be quiet. I'm not a massive fan of players actively tweeting after every match, and I know it's difficult, especially when the team aren't winning. I find that a bit. He's still tweeting stuff, even though they've just been battered by Motherwell and out the cup. It's almost like a bit of a love me, love me sort of thing. I'm not a massive fan of that. Fans don't want to see that stuff, do they? No, we go again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in terms of betting angles, Greg, there might be a card angle, might be a goals angle, but maybe something you'll have a look at. Yeah, I, th- I think um, similar to the bet I put up last Saturday, to be fair, which was a Aberdeen to get four corners, Motherwell three corners and two goals in the game. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely an angle here on, on this match come Saturday. Okay, the last game on Saturday in the Premiership is St Johnston v Hearts, and I guess the question, Greg, is: Is there a chink of light with St Johnston? That's now just no. Just, just give the points to Hearts now. See if all the hassle. <laughs> no, it's It'll just... be a terrible referee decision. We'll get five boys injured. <laughs> uh, it's just one defeat in the last five for St Johnston, which is, I guess, the positive way of looking at it. For Hearts' point of view, it's just one win in the last six for them. They've had a bit of a bump in the road. They did obviously come through that Scottish Cup tie last week, although it finished nil-nil. After 90 minutes, um, so yeah, is, is there a chance for St Johnson here to take on Hearts, who maybe not um, in top form at the moment? I think if you factor in last night's injuries, we've already yeah. got uh, a massive injury list, and last night was just compounded by the fact that Xander Clark went off injured. He's been our best player in terms of the goalkeeper. Calm Henry's come back from Kilmarnock and done really well. He came off injured. Uh, Harbour's come off injured, all with calf injuries. So we've got a pretty big squad, but when you look at the players we've brought in who are due to start, we're missing massive, massive players. Sean Rooney's out injured. Um, David Weatherston's out injured. 
Yeah. Weatherspoon, sorry, a few. Injured. We've got Bryson out injured. Chris Kane's injured. It's just one of these things, unfortunately. It's all sob stories, but it's a massive factor in the, as to why we're sitting where we are. And I think, well, I don't know who's going to start on Saturday. Um, not down to the bare bones, because we do have a, a decent-sized squad, but it's definitely lost a lot of quality. But yeah, to your point, players. I don't fully trust Hearts on the road. And I think Hearts are now 12 games without a win in Perth. Uh, been a bit of a bogey side for them. Playing them at Denver Park, so mm-hmm. seventeen to twenty, a little bit too short for me for to back to back hearts. Even with our injuries, um, it could be a, another draw for us to be fair, which is no use to anyone. To, but I won't be back in hearts at that price. Yeah, I suppose the only concern with that seventeen to twenty price is that hearts have only won four or twelve on the road this season, despite the fact that they're sitting third in the table, David. Yeah, and as Greg says, just looking at it there, t- two thousand and twelve, and the Scottish Cup was the last time they won at uh, McDermott Park. So, eh. Uh, Quite a quite a long time ago, uh, to be to yeah. be fair. You were still playing. Not for Saint but yeah, I was. I was in my prime. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can back Hearts at that price by any means. Obviously, the pitch at McDermott Park's had a bit of criticism as well, so it's not conducive to great football. If it is windy, then it gets pretty windy up at McDermott Park as well. It's pretty open. So yeah, I think we can expect a pretty, uh, pretty drab game uh, up there. But just whether or not St Johnston or Hearts can can nick it. Yeah, it's got a feel of a, a one 0 either way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. he doesn't have won a few games one 0 against Hearts recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last three wins against Hearts at home have all been one 0 In fact, the last four wins against Hearts have all been one 0 So yeah, it's uh, yeah. A good chance that one 0 could be. I mean, they take it. They would absolutely take it just now. Yeah, doesn't feel like one that um, you know we'll be queuing up to watch on Saturday afternoon. Um, okay, we'll leave it there for Saturday. Sunday we've got two games. Obviously, Celtic Rangers both in action uh, on Thursday night in Europe. So Rangers have the chance to reclaim top spot. Um, they kick off in the early game at Dundee United. Dundee United, one of just two teams to beat Rangers in the league this season. They obviously beat them one 0 early in the season and. A surprise as a lot at the beginning of the season. I seen uh, Tam Quartz, Greg, saying, you know, the United have done well come through the little period that they've had. They've actually played eight games in 23 days, um, and they've just suffered one defeat in their last seven. So they're in decent shape, the United. They've, they've managed to get some really big wins right when they needed them. Mm-hmm. I think they beat Ross County, and that was following maybe a seven or eight winless run. It was a massive win for them. They beat Motherwell at home 2-0 in the league and they progressed in the Scottish Cup with a hard-fought win at Thistle. So I think he can be delighted, to be fair, where they're sitting at the moment, Dungeon United. And I think they'll give them a game on Saturday, on Sunday, sorry, I really do. And I'm keen to see what we can get on Dungeon United corners in this match, knowing the fact they're going to be massive, massive um, odds against, odds on, odds against, sorry, to win this match. Yeah, I think also need to factor in the you know, it's going to be a tough night for Rangers in Germany. Um, regardless of the result, you'd expect that they'll have to do a lot of press and a lot of chasing Thursday night. So that, that's potentially quite a tiring trip before the game on Sunday as well, David. Yeah, definitely. I think it it's definitely has an impact. Um, I know obviously Rangers and Celtic both have squads that can cater for, for European nights, but when it gets to these latter stages, they tend to play their best team in the European games and um, 
Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a good game. I think it will be a close game as well. I think Dundee United will give them a good game. I think Tony Watt will be keen to keen to get in the score sheet again um, against Rangers. And um, yeah, I think it'll be a tough one for Rangers. Obviously, I would say they're favourites and they'll go in big favourites. But yeah, I think looking at Greg, Greg, Greg's right, Dundee United corners will be one to look at. And uh, I can see, yeah, I can see it being a very tight tight game the KG and the well, tough for Rangers to break them down uh, in the first half especially yeah Rangers are as short as 2-7 to seven, Greg a wee bit too short for you yeah far too short far too short away from home after a tough European game yeah and they've, they've not won an away game in the league this season eh, sorry this year so far obviously they drew one each at Aberdeen and then drawn 3-3 at Ross County and then been eh, soundly beaten 3-0 at Celtic Park as well away from home yep but Celtic should have a things a wee bit easier on Sunday, Greg, against Dundee. You'd have to imagine so. Dundee have won two games in the spin now, which is good for them. They overcame Peterhead on Monday night in the in the Scottish Cup. I, I'm not holding much hope for um, Dundee on, on Sunday. This should be a routine Celtic win. And again, begin to see how Celtic get on on Thursday night in their match. But I, I think... Uh, easily two or three goal victory for Celtic and you'd have to say uh, a high corner count as well but yeah, again just, that's something I'll share in the channel come the weekend Yeah just very briefly the Celtic corner count has been 13-2 to and 11-3 against Indy in their two games so far this season which they've scored 10 goals so yeah oh, I yes. expect that one to be a, a fairly one-sided affair on Sunday uh, Just very briefly we're a bit short for time this week we're going to jump into the Championship you've got a couple of bets there for us Greg yeah, so Command of the Wraith Rovers, it was a massive, massive win for Kelly last weekend. One no down at home to Morton. Their title challenge looked to be in tatters. Yeah. Uh, but Kelly Lafferty is doing what we totally expected him to do. He's scoring goals, and if Kelly do go up, they'll probably thank him for the goals he will score between now and me. I, thought, you were going, I thought you were going to say he's trying to get players sent off. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> that 2-1 window takes him to within two points of... Our growth at the top, albeit they played a game more. Wraith Rovers, it's just been a disastrous, disastrous two months and a disastrous three weeks over the David Gavilli fiasco. That turned into a bit of a circus. And also the fact they've only won one in ten, one less than eight, five draws, three defeats. And they've played five of the teams in the bottom half as well. So I think getting Coman to score two or more goals here at six to five is a great price. And if you add in double chance, I think if Kelly do score two, they'll win the match. Yeah. And that pays 13 to 10. Yeah, that's a very decent shout. And did Infernland v Thistle game you fancy for goals as well? Yeah, just I think Thistle's home pitch, as we know, it's oh, that pitch against United last weekend. It's something in the 1970s. Hmm. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. But they go to Infernland, they've got games in hand, Patrick Thistle, so they shouldn't be ruled out of a, a title push either. Uh, Brian Graham got a hat-trick in his last game. They scored three at Inverness, two at Hamilton, four at Ayr. Thistle much better away from home for obvious reasons because of that pitch at Firhill. Um, Dunfermline are improved. They will be d- disappointed to have lost last weekend, having gone 1-0 up and missed a penalty in the first half. So I can definitely see both sides scoring here. And we're getting a decent price on over two and two and a half goals at 19-20. to 20. Good stuff. Uh, we don't have much in League One and League Two this week either. No, nothing really jumping out. I, I did look at Dumbarton. They've actually come onto a game again, Dumbarton, and they play managerless Aloha mm-hmm. after Barry Ferguson resigned after a disastrous one-one in thirteen. 
Um, and bet, match of the day is obviously in League Two, yep. where Kelty Hearts travel to Forfar, ten yeah. to eleven for Kelty Hearts. That would put and seal the deal really. They're nine yes. points ahead, and that would make it twelve. So again, it's something I'll look at later on in the week, and I might put something up on on Kelty Hearts. Yeah, just very briefly, there's quite a few managerial vacancies among your former teammates. Uh, David Willie Gibson is in temporary charge at Queen of South after Alan Johnson left there as well. Yeah, I mean, Willie's been playing for how many years? I, I was his teammate at Falkirk in 2011-12, yeah. So I think, he, I think he came to us in the winter and we won the Challenge Cup and he, he was man of the match in the final. He was brilliant, really good player. Can't believe he was still playing. Uh, to be honest, he's had a really good career, and uh, yeah, good luck to him. I hope he manages to keep things up. It would be they're really, really struggling, so they need they need something to happen quickly. Yeah, and you know, it might even be a chance of getting that gig as well. Um, okay, anything from you, League One, League Two, in the Championship? Uh, no, I was just looking at the the. Um, Kelty to, to score in both halves. Yeah, um, that old favourite. <laughs> because I, I thought it would be, uh, I thought it would be quite well priced uh, this week. Um, but yeah, I can't, uh, can't find it. Let me see. Yeah, two point seven five Kelty scoring both halves. Uh, something they've been doing very regularly. I know they're at Forfar, but they do score a lot of goals. So yeah, quite yeah. Quite it's it's probably as good as a price as you're going to get on that bet this yeah, year. Um, the, other, the other one I, I thought kind of caught the eye a wee bit was uh, Cowdenbeath um, at Elgin. Elgin, I know Cowdenbeath have been really, really poor this season, but they've won two of the last three in Elgin going to this game off the back of four straight defeats. So I actually thought Cowdenbeath at home at uh, just over 2-1 wasn't, wasn't a decent option there either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. League two, so okay, doc. That's us for this week. Um, and don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning eighty four Greg, and also David at D Weatherston eleven. If you're not already doing so, uh, and of course, if you're not already a, pro- a member of Greg's private channel, then you can join that on Telegram. Just visit gambler.co.uk for all the details there. And that's us for this week's podcast. Best of luck to the two Scottish teams in Europe, and of course to. Glint. Uh, hope you enjoy the game, David. Um, and thanks very much for listening. Best luck your bets this weekend. Thank you. Good luck. See you, James. Thank you.